0: This is Ham College, Episode 27, for March thirty-first, 2017. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Spring forward, get out and get mobile with ICOM this spring. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next license exam. to another episode of Ham College. I'm George. I'm Tommy. And it's great to be back for episode number, what is it, 27 tonight. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is 27. Uh, I've got a another fun show lined up for you. Absolutely. You know, anytime we're doing one of these, we're doing a chat room too. We've got a lot of folks over there right now. Tell them where they can find the chat room,
1: You can come to amateurlogic.tv slash chat, and uh, once you get past the Login credentials. There, you're on your well on your way. You can also get on the IRC client. We are on the freenode server, and the channel was Amateur Logic. We should probably um, put that up there. That's another way. Yeah,
0: that's another way to get in there. Okay. Well, <clears throat> we're gonna. What did we talk about last month? You know, we, we always talk about what we mentioned the, the previous month. You don't word, remember. Man. You never remember what we talked about. Yeah, I last do month. sometimes. I don't remember at the this little time. picture there, and then yeah, then maybe you remember. Cue the
1: picture. <laughs> SWR,
0: yeah, coax, SWR, and dummy loads. Yeah, that's right. There's a little bit of all of those right there in that picture. Um, and we wound that up. It took two episodes to cover all of that, but uh, we we finished it, and we're moving on to a new topic this month. What is that going to be? Safety. Safety. Number, you almost drew a blank. Number <laughs> one foremost. <laughs> number one foremost. Yeah, you. Uh, we, we were talking uh, back and forth a few days ago. Well, what are we going to you know, show special on this one? Why don't we get right on into the questions, and then we'll pull out these pieces of gear and uh, assorted okay. parts as we get to them. Yeah, let's do it then. First question.
1: What is connected to the green wire in a three-wire electrical AC plug? A.
0: Neutral. B. Hot. C. Safety ground. Or D. The white wire. There's one right there. You yeah. know, just a just regular old uh, AC cord. has got three prongs on it there. We're talking about this one. What's connected to it? Uh, the green wire connects to this one. That... Tommy, I think is the safety ground.
1: Yep. I would agree with that. On the three prong one the ground is the uh it's always gonna be the odd one.
0: Yeah. We can check. You got your knife handy? Yeah. Yeah, never mind. This one goes to my scope. I think I'll save it. Yeah, you may need it later. But if you cut that open, yeah, the green wire would be going up to uh the ground there. Yep. A lot of people so would. So what break color off. would
1: be the other two be?
0: Uh, White and black, typically. Yeah. Well, let me just ask you a question then. Okay, hit me. Yeah, we'll have to see which one comes up. What safety equipment should always be included in home-built equipment that is powered from 120 volts AC power circuits? A, a fuse or circuit breaker in series with the AC hot conductor.
1: B, an AC voltmeter across the incoming power source.
0: C an inductor in series with the AC power source.
1: Or D, a capacitor across the AC power source.
0: Hmm. Okay,
1: so this one's for me to answer. So what what safety safety equipment should always be included in home built equipment powered by one twenty volt AC power circuit. Well look I don't the capacitor's not gonna do anything for that. No. The inductor's not gonna do anything for that. The voltmeter might be kind of nice to, to visually see that mm-hmm. the line's hot, but really they should have a fuse or circuit breaker in series with the AC hot conductor in case mm-hmm. it gets overloaded so you don't have a, a potential fire problem or, mm-hmm. or even burn your equipment up, you know.
0: I'm going to agree with you because a capacitor or an inductor is not safety equipment. Mm-hmm. A voltmeter could be used in the pursuit of safety, but, yeah, a fuse or a circuit breaker.
1: Yeah, the, the yeah, the voltmeter might be kind of a nice thing to show because I like it on some of my gear, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's not uh, safety equipment.
0: Okay, you're well, right. I
1: guess it is in some capacity, but
0: Fuse or circuit right. breakers. Speaking of fuses and/or circuit breakers, I brought a couple here. You did just so we could look at well, them. Well,
1: that was convenient.
0: Yeah, this is one of those old glass fuses with the uh, the screw-in, like an old incandescent light bulb. Mm-hmm. This is what people used to have in in their house. For, yeah. I remember my
1: dad replacing a bunch of those when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: There's a little piece of metal down in here that the current flows through. If you draw too much current, it gets hot, and that piece of metal in there burns out, and the current can't flow anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. What... Uh- I remember, we we never did it, but I remember reading about people putting something behind this, screwing it back a penny? in. Yeah. yeah. That was not a good idea. It was not a good idea. That's a, actually a crazy idea. Yeah. But a lot of people did it. That's yeah. just like begging for a fire or Here's, electrocution. Yeah.
0: Here's another one right here. This is a fuse uh, that may be on your ham gear. A lot of ham gear will use this style right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one... I think maybe that's a 20 amp one right there, but the same thing, metal caps on the end that uh, you mm-hmm. break your circuit, put it in series with it, and a little piece of metal in there in the middle. It's going to burn out if you draw too much current. Yep. This is a more modern one right here. This is, uh, you know, what you'll find in most newer vehicles. These are the little plastic ones. That uh,
1: they're pretty durable. Also, pretty,
0: you're more durable than glass. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's got a couple of tabs on it that, uh, that connects to the circuit. And there's a little piece of uh, metal in there. This one's like a Z. Mm-hmm. That burns out. Your circuit's open. And there's some, I've seen some newer uh, power cables for some rigs that are using this type mm-hmm. of fuse now.
1: These these are a little bit harder to see if they're bad. you? Some of the times you got to use a meter for these. But typically the glass ones like that, you Mm -hmm. can see those pretty easily.
0: This, and I just happened to have it in the same drawer that I had a bunch of fuses. This is a little circuit breaker here. There's two terminals on the bottom of it where it would interrupt your circuit. And there's a push button you can reset it with. It's basically the same thing. It's a little, uh, I guess you could call it a temperature-controlled relay. Oh, like a little... That may not be a good, a good analogy for it. But, yeah, it's a, a little piece of metal in there. When it gets hot, it kind of falls down out of the way. Uh, you push this button here, and it resets it back where it's in circuit again. Hmm. And uh, these are, are resettable. So unlike the fuse, you have to replace it when it blows. A circuit breaker, you know, you've got a, a reset yep. button on
1: it. Most of the time, you can just reset those.
0: Yep. A couple of fuse holders that I wanted to talk about. This is a real popular one right here that you'll see in the power cords of a lot of hand yeah. gear. In inline fuses. You just unscrew the connector right there, and it takes one of these kind of fuses. You know, it just fits up in there. Screw it tight. Now, I'll caution you that, um, you know, it's not a bad idea every now and then if you've been talking on your radio... Uh, for a good bit, just to reach down there and see if you feel any warmth to it. You really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it ought to be um, no heat generated there. If it is, you've got a loss happening. Particularly.
1: Oh, just because of bad connection?
0: Just because of a bad yeah. connection.
1: Yeah, those little springs in there, sometimes they don't hold up so well. Yeah.
0: Particularly, I I wanted to talk about these type right here. These are, um, you know, it's the same type of fuse in here. These are the are really um, sort of lightweight plastic mm-hmm. fuse holders. There, you open them up. There's your fuse right there. But it's just some clips, you know, that slide over the ends of the contacts on the fuse. Yeah. Well, that that works, and you see a lot of this style now in in ham radio. It's, it gear.
1: seems to be a more durable design than these old spring-loaded type here. Well.
0: These actually do, um, that gets weak where it doesn't fit over the end of the fuse good anymore, and it can generate heat. You know, I mm-hmm. have actually seen something like this uh, get hot and melt before. Oh, yeah. So, good idea on these two. Every so often, now if you just turn it on your radio and reach down there, there shouldn't be any heat at all because you're not really drawing any current. But if you've been transmitting at high power for a while... Reach down here and just fill out. See if there's any heat being generated. If there is, you know, you, you got a, a bad connection, mm-hmm. you know, at, at one end of the fuse or the other. Just a little uh, tip there. You know, you probably will never run into that problem, but I have seen it before, so. We'll kind of be on the lookout doesn't, for it. Doesn't hurt, you know, to, to be aware that that can go wrong. Okay, you ready for another question, Tommy? Sure. I'm not even sure who's supposed to ask Uh, this one. I'm supposed to read this one, I think.
1: What is the purpose of a fuse in an electrical circuit? A, to prevent power supply ripple from damaging a circuit.
0: B, to interrupt power in case of overload. C, to limit current to prevent shocks. Or D, all of these choices are correct. Well, let's see. A fuse is, it's not going to... Prevent ripple on a power supply. Uh, You know, you're going to use a capacitor for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we, we say A is wrong, so D has to be wrong. It can't possibly be all of those choices. Uh, C, to limit current to prevent shocks. Fuse doesn't really limit current. I mean, it just shuts uh, it it off. So it's a B to interrupt power in case of an overload. And, you know, that's what we're saying. If you draw too much current, it's going to burn out that element in the fuse in there. And it's going to interrupt the power. So that that's what I'm going with, Tommy.
1: Yeah, B. I concur, Professor Thomas.
0: That's what everybody's saying over here. Um, well, almost everybody. <laughs> I did get an A in there. I'm not sure why.
1: I see a B for buzzer.
0: Yeah, well, no buzzer on this one. I knew I had that one. I think right now would be an excellent time for us to take a break, get a message from ICOM, give away something, come back and talk about some more of this stuff. Well, we're sounds like an again. excellent plan. Get out and get mobile with ICOM this spring. Base stations, mobile transceivers, handhelds, and more. ICOM has all the equipment to help make your spring full of adventure. Communicate with the touch of your fingertips. Perfect for small spaces, the IC7100 is the ideal D-Star option to communicate anywhere. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick intuitive operation, large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Travel outdoor and enjoy the spring air. Back for a limited time, the IC7200 is a great option for hams wanting a rugged device to carry out into the field. Simple and tough with IFDSP, Digital Noise Reduction and a USB port for PC control. Ideal for the ham on the go, try the IC7300. It's a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design, RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com amateur and learn more about all the great ICOM radios. You know, we always give away something from ICOM on every episode of Ham College. Yep. And what can a, it be? A nice
1: ICOM ball cap.
0: Mm hmm. And an ICOM
1: Ham Crew t shirt. Be one of the best dressed guys at the Ham Fest with this bad boy right here. Actually, with this pair. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really? I still
1: say I need to hit Ray up for one of these. I don't know what happened to mine.
0: Yeah. It's probably uh, by wherever that shirt is that had your um, sequel code on it.
1: Probably so. Yeah. You could very well could be in the <laughs> same spot. So, who we got a winner?
0: Well, we do, but first we'll tell folks how they can win that. Well, let's tell them. All you need to do is send an email to at TV. You don't have to be a ham. You don't have to call or have a call sign. You don't even have to wear a hat, you know. You, you no, but
1: you're going to want to when you get this one.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, you are. You're going to want to. Just send us an email. We don't reuse them or anything. We just have a random yeah. drawing every month. And you're going to want to wear t shirts, too. You, you Shirts required. <laughs> Shirt and shoes. Hats optional. And we just do a random drawing out of, you know, whoever sends us an email every month. And we got a winner this month. It's... Um, it's Sherry from Atlanta. She says, hi, I'd like to enter the drawing for the T-shirt. I've been enjoying watching your shows, and I'm studying for the technician exam. Thanks. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Sherry. ICOM will be getting this out to you. And, uh, and we'll be winding up our technician studies right away here. Yeah. So uh, it'll be time to go take that test.
1: Yeah, yeah, go take your uh, test and... Uh Wear your new stuff to the ham fest for your testing session. There you go.
0: All right, and and good luck, Sherry, on your team. Yeah, congratulations. Okay, Tommy, you ready for more questions? Um, Man, I'm always ready for some more questions. All right, well, I'm going to ask you one then. Okay. Why is it unwise to install a 20-amp fuse in the place of a 5-amp fuse? B, the larger fuse would likely... um, it would be likely to blow because it is rated for higher current.
1: B, the power supply ripple would greatly increase.
0: C, excessive current could cause a fire. Or
1: D, all of these choices are correct. Well, let's look at these. A, the larger fuse would likely would be likely to blow because it's rated for higher current. That's just a totally backwards yeah. of reality. Mm-hmm. B. The power supply ripple would greatly increase. Well, we we actually decided on the last question that that didn't really matter about power supply ripple.
0: No fusing anything does. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: C. Excessive current could cause a fire. Well, we know D. All of the choices are correct is not correct. So the answer is C. Excessive current could cause a fire. That's the same problem. I was talking about when people used to put a penny behind these old glass fuses here to short out, mm-hmm. go to short out the fuse and and go straight from uh, to make the circuit. Um, mm-hmm. There's no if you if your wires are rated for ten amps and you put a twenty amp fuse on it and you're gonna double the load on the wire, you're mm-hmm. li- likely going to have some heating and, and
0: problems. Yeah, and your wire just became the fuse yeah. rather than the fuse. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you along with everyone else in the chat room. It is C. Yeah, so don't.
1: as tempting as sometimes it may be, don't upsize your fuses. If it's rated for a certain size, don't put a larger one in there because you keep blowing them. There's a problem causing it, so find that and fix that. Find the
0: problem, exactly.
1: You got a question for me? Sure, man, I got a bunch of them. How about this one right here? What kind of hazard might exist in a power supply when it's turned off and disconnected? A. Static electricity could damage the grounding system.
0: B. Circulating currents inside the transformer might cause damage.
1: C. The fuse might blow if you remove the cover.
0: Or D. You might receive an electrical shock from the charge stored in a large capacitor. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's let's look over this right here. What kind of hazard might exist in power supply when it's turned off and disconnected? Well, there's no power going to it anymore. Yep. Static electricity could damage the grounding system. That's No, that's just uh, crazy talk. That's, okay. <laughs> that's preposterous. That's <laughs> preposterous. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't have anything to do with static electricity. Uh, circulating currents inside the transformer might cause damage. Now, there would be no currents circulating in the in the transformer. Now, the fuse might blow if you remove the cover. Well, there's no power going in, so the, there's no chance that the fuse is going to yeah, blow. Negative there. So, uh, D, you might receive an electrical shock from the charged... They got that spelled wrong. Charged, stored in large capacitors. It's ch- It should be charged. Charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we find a typo every now and then. In the, the We've
1: even been time. known to make a couple.
0: Yeah, but I didn't make this one. <laughs> I just copied this one to Rex. Sheer plagiarism. <laughs> uh, that's going to be your answer right there. You might get a shock from a charge that was stored in a capacitor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what they're saying over in the chat room as well. What do you think?
1: I think that's correct. I and think you, it's not going to feel very nice if you get it.
0: It's not. It's not going to feel nice at all. As a matter of fact, we can demonstrate that right now. On, on not you. Not on me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just happen to have, you remember this battery? I tank? do remember that one. That's the one you tried to melt the file with. Yep. It's also the one that we use for a Morse code sounder. And our spark gap transmitter. Yeah.
1: I used to have some batteries like
0: that. I think this one was yours. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a 12-volt lead-acid cell. And uh, I've got a couple of jumper leads here. And I'm going to pay attention that I connect the uh, negative one to black, the negative terminal to the black lead, and the positive to the red, just so I don't do anything backwards here. Because I'm going to hook up a capacitor. I, I just happen to have a little capacitor here, Tom. Well, that was convenient. That's that's just a little bit of capacitor. That really couldn't store much, could it? Mm, you would think it couldn't. Yeah. And there's a one. There's arrows here that say negative, pointing to one of the leads.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's probably the negative one. That's then. probably
0: one that should go to negative. I'll connect that up. The red one here. Do I connect it to the same lead? Oh, you.
1: After I leave out of here, if you're going to do that.
0: <laughs> no, you never do no, that. No. There's a lot of current uh, stored in this battery right here, and if you hook those two together, you're going to have a short, and and these are going to become fuses if the battery. And it's going to get hot. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to hook the red over here to the other lead, which would be the positive, and you might see a little spark when I did that, as the current starts to flow because. That capacitor is going to draw a good bit of current when it first starts charging. Mm-hmm. Okay, it should be charged up now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to disconnect it from the battery. I'm just I'm just going to take off the black lead there. And now I've got this red lead hooked to the positive on it, and uh, I'm just going to touch it to the negative side over here to short the capacitor. Let's see if there's any okay. any charge left in it. Oh, not a good bit. Look at that. So you could get shocked. You could. You want to try it again instead of using the jumper lead?
1: Try kind it with your full <laughs> Yeah. You your tongue. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that.
0: So uh, yeah, good example there. So uh, yeah, I've never really. How many microfarads is that? That's a that's a fair amount of microfarads. That's why I did that so easily. Thirty-three hundred. Yeah. Only 16 volts, though.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a, That was a lot more than I expected to see out of that.
0: It was actually, I didn't expect to see it but once. I didn't know it would keep doing it. Really? So, uh, yeah. Large yeah. capacitors, and this doesn't look large, but 3,300 microfarads, this is fairly large. Yeah. It's just in a compact
1: size. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, Professor Thomas.
0: Oh, well, thanks, Dean Martin. And whose question is this one?
1: That one would be for me.
0: Okay. Which of the following precautions should be taken when measuring high voltage with a voltmeter? A, ensure that the voltmeter has very low impedance.
1: B, ensure that the voltmeter and leads are rated for use at the voltage to be measured.
0: C, ensure that the circuit is grounded through the voltmeter.
1: Or D, ensure that the voltmeter is set to correct frequency. A, ensure that the voltmeter has very low impedance. That's that's doesn't matter. I mean, there's no measurement like that on the voltmeter that I'm aware well, of.
0: Well, there, the voltmeter if you, actually has an impedance, but, but you wouldn't. But you're want not.
1: It. We're measuring voltage. Yeah,
0: and you wouldn't really want it to be low if you had a choice, because that's just going to load your circuit down. Mm.
1: Uh, ensure that the voltmeter and leads are rated for use at the voltages to be measured. That sounds like a really good idea.
0: That's, that's a pretty good idea. So,
1: uh, C, ensure that the circuit is grounded through the voltmeter. Uh, no. D, ensure that the voltmeter is set to the correct frequency. Well, I mean, you want to put it on the right voltage range if you're, you got a manual one, mm-hmm. but I think the answer for this one—I yeah, don't to be, see frequency on here. No, there's no frequency. No, uh, no but the voltage yeah. range is what you would want. So, uh, uh, so answers. G- the answer is going to be Bravo. Ensure that the voltmeter and leads are rated for use at the voltages to be measured. So if you got a thousand volts and this was rated for 120, you probably don't want to stick it up. Stick it up in there.
0: Right. Exactly. I, I'll i agree with you. It's it's B.
1: Yeah.
0: That's kind of an interesting question. Let's just though. look at a couple of meters here. This is my old faithful Simpson 260, a much beloved voltmeter by many.
1: I'm apparently amazing. the only one that doesn't own one of those. I only have to pick one up at a ham
0: fest. You do, because I paid less than $100 for this one. Feel how I, much I, it I remember weighs. when you
1: bought this. From, I remember at the Jackson Ham Fest from that guy in the back yeah. right corner.
0: Yeah. In that main room. And if we look, let's just, let's just see what it says here. All terminals, one kilovolt max. So there are several terminals across this meter depending on what you're measuring. But it'll take up to a kilovolt. That's cool. That's cool. Let's look at these leads here. Put on your glasses and see what that says because I can't read it. You may not can read it either it's uh it's hard to see one kilovolt or ten amps max yep okay so we're good for kilovolt with this Simpson two sixty here what are you good for with this one well, let's see what does that one say it's good for right here on the face of the meter it says one thousand volts and it's got a little symbol there to indicate d c and then it's got 750 volts with a little sine wave after it to indicate AC. And it says max. But right down here it says 500 volts max. So what does that actually mean? Is it 500 volts or is it a thousand? It
1: means if it's me, I'm not putting in anything more than 500.
0: Yep, yeah, me too. Uh, so it's a little misleading as to what it says. this is a cheap meter. This is a little Tenma that I got from MCM Electronics. Good little cheap meter. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all it is. This was, this is a burner meter. This is one I kept in a glove box in my truck. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see what the leads say. Well, the leads don't say anything on them. So we don't know how, what they'll handle.
1: Yeah, looking, looking at them, I'd say it's probably not very much compared I, yeah. to these.
0: I don't think I'd put a 1,000 volts through them. No. So uh, this cheap meter, mm, not going to be quite as safe as, a, you know, a, a better meter like the Simpson 260 there. Now, th- you know, different voltmeters are going to be different, and it's not just the leads, you know, mm-hmm. that affect the voltage. It's the the range scales that you've got here on the meter, but also the safety features that are built into them. On the inside, particularly on these uh, cheaper meters here, the way they've got the plastic housing on the inside here, uh, divided up and such, will affect if the thing was to blow up what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, And the cheaper meters, all that's going to be missing out of there. The more expensive meters like the Flukes and all, the, the physically, uh, for safety, they're going to oh, be okay. be safer as well. Um, so: that makes sense. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that though, Yeah,
1: but uh, that's, that's interesting.:
0: mm-hmm. Well, I think we've got some more questions to go here.:
1: How does the current flowing through the body cause a health hazard? A by heating tissue?
0: B: It disrupts the electrical functions of cells. C. It causes involuntary muscle contractions. Or D. All of these choices are correct.
1: Uh, hmm. I'm gonna say it probably does all
0: of those things, Tommy.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I I know for sure it heats tissue. Yeah. It disrupts electrical functions because I, Pete, your heart can stop if you take a good shot.
0: And, and muscle
1: didn't. contractions. That's actually
0: involuntary. Uh huh. Yeah, I can I can guarantee you that I've got. I've had proof.
1: Yeah, so
0: yeah, I've actually seen, yeah. seen that. So uh, all of these choices are correct. Everyone got that over in the chat room. We've got a bunch of safe folks in there. All right, so, that's, yeah. how,
1: that's how we like them.
0: Yeah, all of these choices are correct. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. Hey, David, what's the matter? You look kind of down in the mouth. Oh, I just wish there was more company around here. Well, let's make some new sugar-sweetened Kool-Aid. Yeah, the one with the sugar already in it. Make friends with Kool-Aid. With Kool-Aid make friends. for fun never. Than- kool-aid soft drink mix and make a big splash
1: with your friends what's the big idea george You've complained about my coffee long enough now watch this this is our usual instant coffee i can see that look at this
0: hey what is that it's new instant folgers coffee crystals how does it taste see
1: it sparkles but how
0: does it taste?
1: And look how much darker and richer it is. Yeah, but how does it taste? Well, taste it.
0: George is discovering new Instant Folgers. Tastes great. New Instant Folgers coffee crystals. Sparkling crystals of dark, rich, pure coffee. I
1: wonder why they sparkle.
0: I don't know, but I'll have another cup. Folgers developed these crystals to give you a better tasting coffee.
1: Best I've ever had. Tastes so good, you'd hate to put it down.
0: That's right. New Instant Folgers Coffee Crystals. Tastes so good, you hate to put it down.
1: This is Cindy. She's new from Mark's toys. Her hair is soft and easy to care for. Her skin is soft, too. And there are so many ways that you can move her. That's Cindy. And all these toys are what we call Cindy's world. There's a lot to choose from. Cindy can be a friend Here's Cindy's bedroom set Pretend she's your very own
0: friend Where shall you go next? What shall you do? This is Cindy's Whatever dining room set is, She can be there with you And these are the things so in Cindy's kitchen Each piece is sold separately
1: and, and here's Cindy's music center It has a real radio
0: 9-volt battery not included Cindy and each toy are sold separately. Part of Cindy's world for Marks. When you're hungry for a great candy bar, what do you think of? Milky Way. Milky Way. Milky Way. Milky Way. A Milky Way bar, of course. Beat candy hunger with Milky Way. Milky Way, the greatest milk chocolate. A luscious chocolatey middle and creamy caramel. When you're hungry for a great candy bar, you think of Milky Way. Milky Way. Beat candy hunger with Milky Way.
1: These 20 household appliances are here to make a point about this new Filco refrigerator. You see, this new Filco side-by-side uses about one-third less electricity than the three best-selling competitors. Now, how much electricity is that? Well, it's enough for the normal use of these 20 other appliances free. The new Filco refrigerator. It uses about
0: one-third less electricity. It's one idea better.
1: You! Roach down there! What are you doing under my sink? You! Fly up there! Get away from my light! Ooh, I'm ready for you bugs with my trusty Black Flag. Black Flag is the one-shot bug killer. Gets them every time. I warned you, little rascals. I must defend my home. Never knew what hit him with Black Flag, the one-shot bug killer. Reach for the one-shot bug killer, Black Flag.
0: Oh, we're talking about batteries now. What is one way to recharge a 12-volt lead-acid station battery if the commercial power is out? A, cool the battery in ice for several hours. B,
1: add... oh, add acid to the battery.
0: C, connect the battery in parallel with the vehicle's battery and run the engine. Or D,
1: all these choices are correct. Well, I can tell you right now, D, all these choices are not correct. Nope. Cool the battery in ice for several hours. That's just <laughs> not, that's going to give you the opposite effect of what you want. Yeah. The so cold's going to kill the battery. Add acid to the battery. Just because it's low charge doesn't mean it's low of acid. C, connect the battery in parallel with the vehicle's battery and run the engine. That's That's a plausible means mm-hmm. to do it. So that means hook the positive to the positives and negative to the negative off of your other battery, and the alternator running the excess voltage can mm-hmm. charge your battery. Mm-hmm. So I'm, the answer is going to be Charlie C. Charlie.
0: Most folks in the chat room are saying that. I'll agree with you. You know, that's not typically how I would charge a battery, but if commercial power was out and I needed to charge a battery, you that's could the dig out your
1: solar panel and hook it up.
0: If you got one. Yep. You got one.
1: Yeah, I got a couple of them. Yeah, I don't, You probably got one too, don't you? No. Oh, you should. You should get one.
0: Yeah, I should.
1: Not, I mean, you can get some smaller ones. That, uh, they're not that expensive.
0: Yeah, you can, and I, I have looked at them, but I just hadn't, you know, hadn't done anything with it. Next question:
1: What can happen if a lead acid storage battery is charged or discharged too quickly? A. The battery could overheat and give off flammable gas or explode.
0: B. The voltage can become reversed. C. The memory effect will reduce the capacity of the battery. Or D. All of these choices are correct. Uh, Well, let's see. It's not going to be D. We'll rule that out to start with. Uh, A. The battery could overheat and give off flammable gas or explode. I would say that is probably it, but let's look at the others here. The voltage can become reversed. Now, uh see, the memory effect will reduce the capacity of the battery. Now we're talking about a lead-acid storage battery. So, uh no, they don't have any any memory effects anyway, but it it's a if you um if it's charged or discharged too quickly, it can give off flammable gas. Or it could explode. Mm -hmm. So uh, you really want to be careful when you're dealing with, you know, big lead acid storage batteries. There's a lot of power there. Yeah. Go ahead and let's make sure that's the right answer. Which of the following is a safety hazard of a 12 volt storage battery? A. Touching both terminals with the hands can cause electrical shock.
1: B. Shorting the terminals can cause burns, fire, or an explosion.
0: C, RF emissions from the battery.
1: Or D, all of these choices are correct.
0: All right. I just got happened to have one of those 12-volt um, storage batteries right here.
1: Yep, you sure do. That's been a handy battery. It has. So, A, touching both terminals with the hands can cause electrical shock.
0: Let's see. Nope, you're no, not didn't. shocked, are you? We
1: We, we debunked that one. So, by process of elimination, D's gone also. RF emissions from the battery. I've got batteries all over my house, and none of them cause any kind of RF problems in my house. Shorting the terminals can cause burns, fire, or an explosion. (laughs) Yeah, hold
0: it (laughs) it real close. Never mind. No, we're not going (laughs) to try that one.
1: I, I know for a fact that'll happen because my father was working on... A truck, and he laid a wrench up there, oh. and it fell, and it fell, it slid, and it fell, and it just so happened to land and touch both terminals on the battery. It exploded and knocked his teeth out. Oh wow! Yeah. So don't short your battery down. No. Mm-mm. Even though it looks like a small battery, there's a lot of power in there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's definitely going to be the answer. Uh, B.
0: There you go. B and uh most folks got that right too.
1: Somebody's trying to volunteer for you to charge it up and then let me touch it.
0: Yeah. It's charged up. Oh, you mean the capacitor? You I'm want assuming
1: to? He means the battery. Well, the battery's not gonna that's not gonna shock you.
0: Not not twelve volts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, I wouldn't a little stick my DC. to it. Yeah. You could.
1: I'm not sticking my tongue. What about the nine volt batteries? Mm-hmm. Those, you can feel it on the end of your tongue.
0: You pretty need a pretty broad tongue to, to, to even be able to do yeah, it. On let's this don't bar. try that. Yep. Um, uh, another thing you just mentioned about uh, your father and the exploding battery. I had a friend that I, I worked with one time. I didn't see this, but well, I, I saw that he had this marked that went all the way around his wrist. Mm-hmm. Looked like somebody had, you know, oh, uh, taken uh, sandpaper or something. It was remember those metal bracelets, chain bracelets yeah. that a uh, little folks pla- used to wear? placard thing on the yep. front of it. Mm-hmm. He was changing a car battery out one time, oh, no. and the, the wrench was on one terminal. It uh, it hit the bracelet, and then the bracelet touched the other terminal. It arced, oh. and he was stuck. He could not move until it melted apart before oh, he could get his arm wow. out. Ooh. So, car batteries, while they won't shock you, if you touch the terminals, very, very dangerous. You know, yeah. re- really be careful with those. Okay, you got a question for me. Oh,
1: yeah, I got one for you right here. I'm going to try to stump you with this one. Okay. What kind of hazard is presented by a conventional 12 volt storage battery? A, it emits ozone, which can be harmful to the atmosphere.
0: B, shock hazard due to high voltage.
1: C, explosive gas can collect if not properly vented.
0: Or D, all of these choices are correct. Well, what kind of hazard is presented by a conventional 12-volt storage battery? I don't think it emits ozone, which can be harmful to the atmosphere. That's... um,
1: I thought we wanted those on in the atmosphere.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably a good thing. Uh shock hazard due to high voltage. Well, 12 volts is not high voltage. So we no. just
1: proved that one.
0: Yep. Uh it's not all these choices of obviously. So that leaves us with C and we talked about this before explosive g- gas can collect if it's not properly vented.
1: So you're saying I didn't stump you?
0: Saying you tried, you gave it a good shot, but uh, no, not on this one.
1: Maybe next time. You
0: didn't even stump anybody in the chat room on this one. Man,
1: I'm slipping. Yeah.
0: Which of the following is an important safety precaution to observe when putting up an antenna tower? A, wear a ground strap connected to your wrist at all times. (laughs) (laughs) B,
1: insulate the base of the tower to avoid lightning strikes.
0: C, look for and stay clear of any overhead electrical wires.
1: Or D, all of these choices are correct. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the same out I did before. D, all these choices are not correct. No. Wear a ground strap at all times uh, when you're putting up your tower. That That's preposterous. Uh, there's no need for that. Insulate the base of the tower to avoid lightning strikes. That's no, crazy talk just too. Just crazy I mean. talk. <laughs> Look for and stay clear of overhead electrical wires. That is good advice for anything. You don't want to get near those electrical wires at any time. So the answer is going to be C.
0: Uh, everybody agrees with you in the chat room on that too. And how could you disagree with that? You know that's a problem. But a lot of people are killed by that every year.
1: I uh, I got another story about a guy. There were some contractors painting where I used mm-hmm. to work, and he was taking, walking with a ladder, aluminum ladder. He Ooh. was holding it up like that and just moving it because it's balanced. That way he didn't have to come down and back up mm-hmm. with it. He bumped the power line, and the electricity came through. It went through his hands and blew out the bottom of his feet. I've heard of that happening. His feet before. looked like... You've seen, like, if you cook hot dogs on the grill and they swell up and they bust open, that's what that poor fellow's feet look like. So, stay away from those power lines at all costs.
0: Definitely. The ground strap thing, that's, that's, I don't know where they're going with that one. Uh, (laughs) You know, tower is not static sensitive. You don't need to ground, you know, with a wrist strap to work on it. And insulate the base of the tower to avoid a lightning strike. That's kind of crazy, too. You know, You normally you're going to ground the base uh-huh. of it. So if it gets a lightning strike, it goes straight to ground. Although, AM broadcast towers, uh, most of them are sitting on insulators. They're not grounded.
1: Yeah. But not too many hams are going to have those in their backyard.
0: Now, although it's possible somebody wanting to do 160 meters could uh-huh. build a tower like that. But it, they wouldn't do it as a safety precaution. So, um uh, Yeah. C on that one. Okay, hit me with your best shot.
1: All right, one more time here. What is the minimum safe distance from a power line to allow when installing an antenna? A, half the width of your property.
0: B, the height of the power line above ground.
1: C, half wavelength at the operating frequency.
0: D, so that if the antenna falls unexpectedly... No part of it will come closer than ten feet to the power line. This is a pretty easy one to figure it's out. It's a pretty
1: easy one because some of them are don't just don't really make sense. Yeah. At all.
0: Uh, a half the width of your property.
1: How do you know how long, how wide my property
0: is? Yeah. And does that even make it safe? No, it wouldn't affect safety at all. Nope. Um, B the height of the power line above ground. Uh, what does that have to do with anything? See, one half wavelength at the operating frequency. No, a half wavelength at the operating frequency could, could potentially be very close to the power lines mm-hmm. or it, it could be could very be far very away. Far. Well, the main thing you want to do is like we've been saying make sure there's no way that antenna is going to come in contact with the power line, so I'm going to say it's uh, D, so that the if the antenna falls unexpectedly, no part of it will come closer than ten feet to the power line. Sounds good to me. Yeah, even ten feet. Ten feet's, 10 kind feet's of close.
1: a little too close for me. I, I don't want it to be anywhere near that thing. Yep. Um, but uh, that's that's the only one that's plausible.
0: There you go. Everybody got that one too. You know that's. That makes good sense. Some of these common sense will, um, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like just use. Takes. Yeah, use sense. You mm-hmm. know, use good sense, and and you most time you're going to be doing the right thing.
0: Well, I got one for you. Hit me. Why should you avoid attaching an antenna to a utility <laughs> pole? Hmm. Okay. A, an antenna will not work properly because of induced voltages.
1: B, the utility company would charge you an extra monthly fee. <laughs> they should.
0: Yeah. C, the antenna could contact high-voltage power wires.
1: Or D, all these choices are correct. Well?
0: Yeah, we don't want to pay any extra on our monthly bills.
1: No, we don't want to pay any extra. And, wh- and while all of those almost seem like they could be Somewhat plausible answers. <laughs> I really think the answer is going to be C. That's along the same path we've been going with the others. The antenna could contact high voltage power lines.
0: Yeah.
1: I suspect a utility company, they're not going to want to charge you extra money. They want you to get it off of there.
0: Yeah. Because that's going to be in way. They're, they're not even going to want you to get it off of there. They're going to come take it off. Yeah. And then probably fine you or something. Right. Because uh, it's they don't want you anywhere near their power lines,
1: and 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 really you don't want if it's HF you don't want your antenna near there anyway because you're just going to get all kind of noise.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the antenna will not work properly because of induced voltages. Well, coming off a sixty cycle power line, there there could be some garbage that gets into your antenna, but you know we're talking about safety here, mm-hmm. and. You know, we we said it before two or three times. Don't get your antenna anywhere near those high-voltage power sensors. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to say, say along with you. Everyone else did, too.
1: Marty said, uh, Kelly says they left out the option that's probably illegal. And, she, and she's right. It probably is It illegal. probably
0: is illegal. But uh, like I'm saying, if you do that, the power company is doesn't want you taking it off. Yeah, they don't want you up there at all. Yeah, they don't want you anywhere around it.
1: What is a good way to guard against electrical shock at your station? A, use three wire cords and plugs for all AC-powered equipment.
0: Sounds good. B, connect all AC-powered station equipment to a common safety ground. C,
1: use a circuit protected by a ground fault interrupter.
0: Or D, all of these choices are correct. Well, I'm gonna tell you what the answer here is gonna be, and it's gonna be d all of these choices are correct um let's let's just go ahead and and see that that is the correct answer All right use three wire power cords and plugs on all a c powered equipment. That's a good idea absolutely yep
1: that way your equipment's yep. got a ground
0: yep. Connect all AC-powered station equipment to a common safety ground. That's a good idea. And when you use three-prong plugs, you're That's actually what you're doing, doing that. C, use a circuit protected by a ground fault interrupter. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say probably most ham shacks don't have ground fault uh, I don't have one in mine. I don't either. Uh, I don't know anyone who does, but it's not really a bad idea.
1: But if, you had, um, if I would have had a ham shack in my bathroom,
0: I would have you had You would won. have wanted it. Now, I can see where it might be a good idea because you do have, uh, you know, earth ground coming into your ham shack.
1: What What is a ground fault interrupter? I'm sure there's that's, some people out there that don't know.
0: That's those uh, little outlets that you see on the wall of your bathroom that have a test and a reset button on mm-hmm. it. I think we maybe even talked about how those worked here one time. Did we?
1: I I don't recall that. What it does... I'm the guy that doesn't usually remember what we did last month.
0: The way those things work is, you know, for AC power, and we're not talking about three-phase, just single-phase AC power like common to your house, you've got two wires there, and your current flows from one through your device through the other. Mm -hmm. So there's the same amount of current in, in both of those legs the ground fault interrupter will look at that and see that okay the current is flowing the same on both however if you shorted out one of these to ground by yourself or however if there's an imbalance to where more, one of those legs is drawing more current than the other that ground fault interrupter will trip okay so that's that's essentially how they work now you know occasionally you might you have one of those trips, and there was no real reason for it.
1: You it's usually real. find them in wet environments, patio, yep. bathrooms, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, by your kitchen sink.
0: Yeah, particularly where it's going to be you that's going to come between mm-hmm. earth, ground, and, and electricity. So, uh, But, you know, the, the question here, the answer is D. You know, you need all of these things for safety. Mm-hmm. We might as well call it an evening. All right. Supper time. We've got through another episode here. You know, I haven't even looked to see how much we got left here. There's, uh, I think, maybe enough questions for another couple of episodes on the technician class, and we'll be ready to move on to general. All right. And, uh, you know, people have been asking, are we going to go to general next? And, yes, we are. Yeah. You know, we're going to continue on and... uh, General will be next. And we want to thank ICOM for being the major sponsor on this program. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without
1: possible. them, we, we probably wouldn't be doing it.
0: Right. So, uh, you know, it, it helps out a lot with the expenses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, Tommy and I couldn't even afford the T-shirts and the hats to give away every month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thanks, ICOM. And we'll be back around the end of the month, next month. Yep. And we'll be back on the 15th for Amateur Logic. Yeah. You want to join us for that, do you know what you're going to do yet? Uh, No. I
1: have an idea. I'm partly through with it, but I ran into a little bit of a kink. So okay. if I can work out the thing, it should be good if I can get this last piece worked out. Okay.
0: Otherwise, I have a backup
1: plan. Yeah.
0: So, I have no idea what I'm doing yet, so we'll just have to see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, 7-3, thanks for being here with us tonight. And if you hadn't taken your technician exam yet, it's time to start doing your final preparation and uh, and get on it. you know we recommend Gordo's books here yeah case, you know, license yeah, can't beat it yep very good good resource for studying there as well as hamstudy.org is a good place to take some practice exams mm-hmm. so uh, join us next next month, yep end of the month or you can join us in two weeks for
1: amateur logic. So we'll see you next time, 73. 73.
0: We just so we got this d- question well, We got
1: double D's there. DD. There's C? more
0: than one D? That could explain. <laughs> <laughs> and the first D was again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got through that one. I've got one for you, though. Well, where'd everybody go? Good question. Whew. How'd I even do that? <laughs> magic. Arnie, that's for you. That's for Arnie, yeah. especially for Arnie there. Ready to hit the magic button? Do it. There's no magic happening. No smoke and mirrors. Nope. I got to run the magic program.